everyone. My name is Daniel Zagar, and uh, thank you for downloading this podcast and giving it a chance. I really hope you enjoy it. Before I get into today's topic, I'd like to um, just briefly tell you guys a bit about myself and why I'm doing this. So I'm currently attending uh, York University. Um, that's in Toronto, Canada. And I'm studying history. History is my major, my passion, the love of my life. And now that I'm out of school, I need to get my history fixed somehow. So what I'm doing is I'm just independently doing some research and I'm bringing forward some topics to you that I find interesting and hopefully you'll find them interesting as well. Not everything I pick will be the most exciting or relevant uh, piece of history, Um, but the reason I pick it is because I find it interesting, and if you share a love for history, you will also find it interesting. Sometimes history and science go uh, hand in hand. I mean, throughout history, uh, innovations in science have changed how societies have lived, and sometimes I will briefly talk about that, but... Um, besides a brief description of uh, the science behind um, each innovation, I won't be going into too much detail, only because I'd like to keep this history-based and focus on the history aspect, as well as I'd like to um, bring you um, facts that I know to be true, and I'm not an expert in at any uh, in any sense in science, so if I were to present you with some facts, they may not be 100% accurate, and I want you to leave this podcast uh, with information that is accurate. Having said that, if you um, notice a mistake I made, please um, contact me on Twitter or the Facebook group and yell at me. The main reason I'm doing this podcast is because I eventually want to get into teaching. and That's always been my goal. And as it stands now, I'm sort of nervous when talking in front of people. I um, can do a presentation, like I can put up my hand to answer a question, no problem. But the minute I'm in front of the class presenting and all eyes are on me, I start to panic and I start to stutter, I start to mumble, I start to shake. So I'm using this podcast as a way to sort of improve my skills when presenting stuff. And it's like a baby step for me. I'm presenting to an unknown audience. You never see me, I never see you. As far as how often these podcasts will come out, I'm not going to say a set date. Like once a week or something like that, only because I'm not entirely sure when I'll be available. I also have um, a job right now that I'm working at to make money so I can continue to go to school. Also, my friend David is getting married and has decided to make me best man. So that's going to occupy a lot of my time. Thanks a lot, David. Not to mention, I'll be having to make a speech in front of so many people. So you guys are my test subject. Anyways, if any of you are still listening at this point, I'd like to get into the topic of today, which is the different categories that units of time are measured and the, uh, 
and sorry, and which periods we live in today. So most people know uh, units of time like a certain period, a certain age, those are uh, or an era. Those are common to most people. But um, there's actually quite a few more different categories of time. The biggest category of time out there is a super eon. A super eon is usually hundreds of millions, if not billions of years old. Super eons are made out of eons. So usually two to three eons will be inside one super eon. Eons are made up of eras. And eras are made up of periods. Periods are made up of epochs. And epochs are made up of ages. So to recap, we have super eons, eons, eras, periods, epochs, and ages. These are all geological units of time. The reason that these units of time are like created and different is because each one of these units is significant for a particular thing happening within it. I'll go into detail in a minute about um, our um, eon and what's happened in it that's made it different from the eons before it. You might be wondering uh, if an eon is like a hundred million to or a billion years old, how can we know exactly what took place a hundred million to a billion years ago? And the answer to that is through the science of stratigraphy. So what stratigraphy is, is it's the study of different rocks and rock layers. So if you were to, um, like, let's say, if it were possible, you break a mountain in half, you a mountain of solid rock, you would look and you would see different layers within the rock of different colors, and you could tell they were obviously different from one another. By examining these layers, we're able to determine just how, uh, or just what took place during a particular time. We can not only determine which time period it's from, but we can also determine what happened during that time period. The earliest sort of breakthrough with stratigraphy, that's a tongue twister, uh, so the earliest breakthrough with stratigraphy um, was with Nicholas Stino and Laura Seddon. Um, they um, created a few laws within the study of stratigraphy. And they were used in the analysis of the layers of rocks. So there are three different uh, aspects that they created. And the first one is law of superposition. The second one is principle of original horizontality. And the third is principle of lateral continuity. So looking at the first one, law of superposition. What the law of superposition states is that rocks are made up of different layers and that, the, that each layer is younger than the one beneath it. So as you keep digging, you'll find older and older layers of rocks. 
The principle of original horizontality states that these layers, they're not vertical. Like when you open a rock, there, there won't be vertical lines in the rock. They'll be horizontal. And the reason for that is because gravity pulls down uh, the minerals of each layer. The last uh, principle is principle of lateral continuity. So that just means that um, like each layer is the same. Um, so the level of layer, so let's say there's 10 layers. Layer 9 will be the same everywhere, all throughout the earth. So imagine um, the earth is covered in mud, and then you were to put bricks on the mud. And then you were to um, put rocks on the bricks. We have three layers. So the first layer will always be mud, no matter where you are. The second layer will always be brick, and the third layer will always be rocks. Nicolastino came up with this uh, when he was walking in a valley, and he saw... Um, so the valley was pretty much in between a rock that had split down the middle, a huge rock. And so he was able to look and see a bunch of different layers on that rock, because he was looking at the insides, it split down the middle. And when he looked from uh, to the left one and to the right one, he noticed that they all like they had the same pattern of layers within it. So that's just a basis of uh, stratigraphy and how it's used to determine uh, exactly how old the Earth is. By the way, the Earth is uh, estimated to be 4.54 billion years old. I'm not going to go into all the different sublevels of stratigraphy only because, like I said, I'm trying to keep this uh, focused on the history and not so much the science behind it. Not to mention, I wouldn't know what the hell I'd be talking about. So I'm just going to break this down uh, quickly, though um, it's not really that important. You may be interested in knowing, but we live in the Phanerozoic, Phanerozoic Ion. Our era that we are in currently is the Cenozoic. We're in the Quaternary period, the Holocene epoch, and the Flandarian interglacial age. So I'll briefly talk about um, the Phanero, sorry, Phanerozoic uh, ion and why it's significant and why it's on. Uh, different from the ion before it. This ion is different from the ions before it because it's the first ion to have an abundance of animal life. It cover, covers roughly 400, sorry, 542 million years ago to today. Um, during this ion, we have the creation of animal philia, or phyla, sorry, animal phyla. Animal phyla is multicellular organisms. So before this time, all we had were single cellular organisms. Why this is uh, significant is because as we start to see multicellular organisms, we start to see a bunch of different species getting born and eventually leads to the human race. Um, the starting point of this ion is what is known as the Cambrian Explosion. So during the Cambrian explosion, um, we see 
the creation of, it's just pretty much an explosion of species just out of nowhere. So we have a bunch of multicellular organisms being created. We have the evolution of fish. We have the creation of complex plants that we didn't have before. And it is uh, also, it's made up of three eras. And the current era that we're in is the Cenozoic. The Cenozoic era is um, known as the Age of Mammals because um, during this time we have the extinction of other species that allow for mammals to grow. The time before the Cenozoic uh, era, uh, we were dominated by reptiles, birds, and amphibians. And sorry, mammals were like the weak race amongst all of them. There's evidence to suggest that some birds grew larger than the average human. And uh, we refer to them as terror birds, and they were known to be deadly predators. And they could, um, I guess, kill us, kill any, well, not us, but they could kill uh, any mammal that stood in its way. During this time, uh, mammals were sort of, I guess, the food to the other, to the top three uh, species, which were reptiles, birds, and amphibians. We were the prey. So for all of you who think that uh, humanity is the center of the universe, think again. The current period we're in is the Quaternary. And this is the most recent of three periods that are part of the Cenozoic era. Um, so during this period, we had the Ice Age. Um, and this is very significant. This is uh, the period. like This is the most famous Ice Age. There have been uh, probably five uh, known great Ice Ages, but the most famous one is this one because this is the one that has allowed um, those nomadic tribes to travel over the ice all the way to America, which um, at this time would have they would have been next to impossible. They didn't have the boating technology to do so. During this time, uh, we also see the emergence of modern humans. Humans didn't always look the way they did. Um, I don't want to get in trouble with creationists, but um, we. Um, have evolved over time, just like every other species. The most um, popular um, evidence of this is a fossil found, or maybe a skeleton found of a human um, skull, where we had a huge jaw. And the reason for this huge jaw is because before the creation of fire, we never used to cook our food, so we would have to eat things raw. And as a result, we had these huge jaws that we would use because our meat would be tough. Everything would be tough that we ate. But through evolution, we've started cooking our food. We no longer need these huge jaws. So we've uh, developed into a species now that have smaller jaws. And we also stand upright. There was um, a period of time where... There like, were humans that, well, I guess they wouldn't be called humans, they would be called uh, homo sapiens, and they were hunched over, and that's how they walked. And it wasn't until um, thousands of years later that we had the creation of homo sapiens, I'm uh, sorry, homo erectus, which are um, standing humans. The current age that we're in is the Flandrian Interglacial Age. Um, 
They call it the interglacial age because it's theorized that this is just a temporary warm period. Sorry, I shouldn't say period. It's not a period, it's an age, but um, this is only temporary and that it's expected that we're going to have another ice age in the future. And there have been at least five major ice ages over the year, or sorry, over time. So this means that this theory is probably true. I just hope I'm long dead before this sixth ice age ever happens. So I've pretty much covered everything I wanted to talk about. The reason I decided to break down the errors and talk about that today is because I think that's important uh, to understand before knowing everything else. Understanding how history is broken down, you can have a better understanding of where we are currently in the history of the Earth. By the end of my uh, second upload, I hope to have a either Facebook group or a Twitter account where you could message me and you could send me requests for a topic you'd like me to cover. Also, I don't mind doing this podcast on my own, but if there's any other lover of history out there who... Um, wouldn't would be interested in starting a podcast please feel free to contact me maybe we can do a collaboration or maybe we could uh alternate putting out a podcast or we could do them together also i am quite aware of how terrible a job i did at presenting this um i know maybe at times i mumbled or stuttered or got nervous but if you're um, listening to this don't be discouraged i can only improve from here hopefully. And uh, hopefully in my next podcast, I'll bring something a bit more exciting to the table. But again, the reason why I picked this to be the topic of the first podcast was because I felt it was a necessary starting point. Because what it is, is it's our starting point. So thanks again for listening. Um, And uh, I know it was a lot of information to digest, and it might be hard without the use of any visual aid. So I'm hoping to maybe uh, in the near future create a video, maybe put it on YouTube, where it'll have the it'll be the podcast, but I'll have some pictures sort of to go along with it, and you'll be able to get a better understanding of the information that I shared with you today. So thanks a lot. I'm Daniel Zager, and have a great day.